Welcome to the podcast, everybody. Get comfortable, get into your favorite chair, get yourself something nice to drink and sit back and relax and listen to this week's guest, Jonathan Minnis, the director of strength and conditioning at Western Illinois, home of the Leathernecks, one of the best mascots out there. I love that mascot name. Uh, very excited to have him on the podcast this week. Very thankful uh, that he sat down and uh, talked with me. So John is also a veteran. So John, thank you so much for your service. We just celebrated Memorial Day. I saw everybody doing the Murph Challenge. That's awesome stuff. Um, so thank you again for being a veteran and, and serving our country, John. And he's a great coach. We talk a lot about you know his journey in coaching and what he's found along the journey, uh, along with you know what they're doing right now at Western Illinois, uh, how he's handling things through the pandemic, and you know just how he processes everything as a coach. So it's a wonderful, wonderful episode. So make sure you share, subscribe. Uh, like the podcast, leave a review. We got some special stuff coming up here pretty soon on the podcast. Um, people that have been, you know, following the podcast for a long time, long time members and listeners, I thank you guys so much. Uh, you know, we're growing with each episode, and it's awesome to be able to share great stories and great coaches. We got a lot of great guests coming up here in the next few weeks, guys. Um, the last guests, they're wonderful. So go back and listen to those episodes if you haven't to. Maybe this is your first time listening to the podcast. Again, this is just a way to highlight great coaches, great people in the industry of fitness and strength sports so we can give them a platform, guys. So a lot of great stuff coming up in the, in the next few weeks. I can't really release too much more information with that, guys, but just be on the lookout for some really cool stuff on the social media sites. Again, on Twitter, Strength Talking, uh, Strength Talking Shop 1, on Instagram as well. So reach out to me, guys. If there's anything that you need, I'm always here to help anybody. And thank you so much for all of our past guests and for John coming on the podcast this week. Sit back and relax, guys. It's a good episode. And always stay strong. What's up, guys? Strength Talking Shop Podcast. Uh, very excited for this week's guest. Uh, it's John Minnis. Uh, he's the director of strength and conditioning at Western Illinois University. What's going on? How are you doing, man? I'm hanging in there through the uh, stay-at-home orders and everything like that. How are uh, you and your family on your end? Uh, doing pretty well. You know, we got a pretty nice setup for a, for a weight room in our backyard. Yeah. Um, I've actually enjoyed the uh, the outdoor workouts that I've had. So I've actually, over the last couple of months, with the spare time and everything, I've gotten some of the best workouts I've had in years. So that's been a good thing. Yeah, that's cool. One thing I saw in your uh, Instagram you put the other day, you're like, it's cold, wet, and rainy. And you're still out there getting after it. And I think I had uh, I'd written down for that day, I'd do some sled drags outside. And it was cold, wet, and rainy where we were at, too. And I was like, damn it. I was like, John's out there doing it. i got to go out there and do it. So it gave me a little motivation in the afternoon to do it. Good. Good. <laughs> you know, it, it took me probably an hour to get off my couch and get out there and, um, you know, just realize that, you know, the excuses can go on and on and on. But, you know, i got to get the squats in. You know, you got to get the work in. So, um, that, that's good. You know, if I motivated one person, that's good enough. Absolutely, man. I appreciate that. Also too, I know we talked about a little bit before the podcast, your guys' university's probably got one of the best mascots, um, Leathernecks, man. That's awesome. I love that mascot. So, um, yeah. Why don't you go ahead you know, and just, I, oh, go ahead. Oh yeah. I was just going to say, you know, with, uh, we, you know, we did talk about it right before, uh, we went on, but, uh, you know, we're one of the, we're the only school in the country that has uh, a military mascot 
uh, besides the actual academy schools. And we got special permission from the Marines. And, um, you know, like we talked about, I'm being a veteran and worked with the Marines and, and my best friend is a Marine. So having that as the school that I work for, and you know, as I'm also an alumni from there, um, that mascot means the world to me for sure. That's pretty awesome. So let's go ahead, you know, give the listeners a little bit of your, uh, you know, where you started and how you got to where you're at now and then what you guys are doing now at uh, West Illinois. Absolutely. Um, so, you know, I, I was, uh, I pretended to be a college athlete back in the day. Um, and, uh, you know, I started out at, at junior college, uh, Indian Hills Community College, and um, then went to uh, um, Culver Stockton College in Missouri's NAIA school. Um, you know, coming out of high school, thought I was a, a big time athlete and found out pretty quick that, that I was a, a slow white boy from, from farm, uh, farm yeah. country. And, and, uh, um, you know, I didn't really have a whole lot of playing going into college. You know, I, I enjoyed working out things like that, but, um, you know, about that time I was in, in college was when nine 11 happened and on literally on that day, um, decided I was going to do the military. Um, you know, I just, I, something hit me that, you know, I had to do something to help. Um, and joining the military was that route. Um, and, um, so going through, you know, I promised my dad I would finish college. So going through college, I still was like, didn't really know where I was going. I knew about the strength and conditioning field. Um, and, and I was getting my degree in that realm, but it was just the furthest thing from, from, uh, in my mind, like I just didn't know where I was going to go because all I was focused on was the military and getting ready for that. So went to the military, did some deployments and all that good stuff. Um, was continued to research and train myself and help other guys train and learn as much as I could. Got really big into CrossFit at the time, um, and so that was just kind of led me down the road through. You know, learning from Mark Ripito. Mark Ripito led to Louis Simmons, um, and then Louis Simmons led to everything. <laughs> Just kind of exploded from there. Yeah. Um, you know, learning about Jim Wedler, and then learn what he did, and then Dave Tate, and then um, it, it it just kept on going from there. And you know, not just from the powerlifting side, but also um, you know, learning the Olympic lifts and how that can help, and, and all those different things. And um, uh, but then so when I got out of the military. Um, started, you know, I, I wanted to get into that field somehow. I didn't know exactly the route that I was going to take. Um, but I ended up just kind of training some people as a volunteer at, at the local YMCA, working with a lot of high school athletes. Um, and then, you know, your average Joe's and Jane's, um, the, you know, weight loss and, and things like that. People who wanted to go run up their first 5k, all those things. And so, um, and, and kind of working from scratch really, because like I said, I, I was just, building a knowledge at that time. I didn't really know where I was going. I didn't have, you know, an actual mentor, um, you know, wasn't working for, you know, a well-known straight coach or anything like that. I was yeah. just kind of feeling out. Um, about that time, got a job as a head wrestling coach for a local high school, uh, actually in Illinois, um, and did that for a season. And then they asked me, Hey, well, we'd love to have you as, as our, uh, strength and conditioning coach as well. And I was like, well, absolutely. Yeah. Um, Jumped on that for uh, for a couple years, continued to do the wrestling coach, and then after a couple years, decided branch off, open up my own facility, um, which I did. Um, it was called Tri State Strength Performance, um, and 
So I stopped being the strength coach at the school and, you know, started doing it as, as in the private sector. Um, did that for about five years and just decided, hey, I wanted to be a college strength coach. That's, you know, I, I had went up and, and visited with Chris Doyle up at Iowa. It was only a couple hours away. I was, you know, reading everything, you know, from Buddy Morris and, and Joe Ken and, um, you know, Nate Harvey and, and just realizing that I, that's where I want to be. I'm not a business guy. I'm just, I, I'm just not a business guy. And, you know, the, the bigger my, my gym got, the, f- the more of a business person I was becoming and less of a strength coach. And, and that wasn't my goal. So Western Illinois was actually, you know, 45 minutes away, contacted the strength coach there, uh, Matt Jacobs, who's now at Temple, uh, and was like, hey, you know, I'm, I'm going to be starting uh, grad school there. I would love to do um, – a grad assistant and, and of course uh they didn't have a position open at the time he's like but you know if you're interested in, in helping out like as an intern um you're more than more than welcome to and so i jumped on that um did that for a semester and then the ga position opened up he brought me in as a ga um which i'm absolutely thankful for him giving me that opportunity um and that's where it all started and, and um so I, I finished out you know my master's degree there and ga position from there, went to uh, Bryant University out in Rhode Island, uh, and you know worked under Craig Buckley out there, another great strength coach, um, who you know just a, a different view of training than what what Coach Jacobs was, which was great. But at the same time, he allowed me to work with my teams any way I could, um, and you know he was the type of guy that he knew, he you know very experienced. Um, we're roughly about the same age, um, very experienced, but he would constantly come to me and say, Hey, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you incorporate these things? And, and then take that and use that. And, and would always, and, and that's one of the reasons I'm going into that is because that was one of the biggest lessons I'd ever learned as a coach and with your, your assistants or your grad assistants, your interns is he was so humble about that stuff. Um, yeah. and it made him such a better coach. Um, but I was there for about six months, then went out to Weber State University out in Utah. Um, that's where I was this last year until the end of February. And Weber State learned a lot. You know, it's a great football program out there. Um, you know, we got to the, the semifinals this year. Um, we got beat by a, an amazing JMU team. Um, but, you know, I learned, you know, just so much from, from the coaching staff there, from the strength staff and from the football coaching staff, just and seeing how, you know, a, a dominant team functions and, and how they do things on and off the field and how the players are guided. And, and it was just a great experience there. But uh, Coach Elliott called me towards the end of February, and, and uh, I had actually just gotten – I had just interviewed for a head position at another school, which I won't name that school. <laughs> they called me on a Tuesday – Tuesday afternoon said, Hey, we want to offer you the job. Take 48 hours. Let us know. I was, you know, I, I wanted to tell him yes, right then. Yeah. Um, the next morning. So less than 12 hours later, uh, coach Elliott calls me and it's like, Hey, strength conditioning job just opened up with Western. He's like, you're my first call. He's like, I can't think of anybody else. It's your job. Are, are, are you on board? And I said, coach, I'll be there tomorrow. Uh-huh. <laughs> coach, coach Elliott. The, the head coach here, head football coach here is, you know, I worked with him while I was here as a GA. 
and him and I have had such a great relationship. You know, I follow this guy through hell and back. Um, but you know, he called and, and offered it to me and I jumped all over it. So, you know, like, that brought me here. So that, that was, uh, that was my short story made long for you about, about <laughs> my background a little bit. Listen, there's a lot to dive in there though. I mean, uh, from the owning your business side, from the beginning of just trying to figure out how to sift through this industry. But the big thing that I noticed in the theme through there is you were preparing and making where you were at the, the best place you can make it to where the next place you would leave it in better hands. So when you went out of the next place, you know, they were left in good hands. Cause I can see you're talking about all the studying you did, uh, the people that you met creating those relationships. Like you were always looking ahead towards the next job. You were just trying to make it where you were. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and you have to do that. Yeah. You know, you, you have to constantly be preparing for the next step where you want to go. Um, and I've heard so many guys from, you know, Kurt Hester talk about that and, and Buddy Morris and these guys that I very much look up to. It's, you're always preparing for that next position. You know, it's very easy. You know, here I was, you know, I was 38, 37, 38 year old graduate assistant, yeah. um, you know, who'd been in the, in the industry for a while. And had all this experience, but I was a grad assistant, and you know, I, I had to had to follow what a guy who was six years younger than me, you know, and I had to listen to him, and and, and I did. And but at the same time, you have to be humble, and you have to look at that next position. Okay, I want to go here. I can't just sit here and dwell on. Okay, I'm not where I want to be. Right. Um. You, you have to continue to progress, no matter what. Even right now, you know. Um. This area, you know, being at Western Illinois is a great position for me. My my girlfriend, she's from this area. I'm from this area. Um, you know, my family's only less than two hours away. Her family's less than 45 minutes away. But, um, and, and this is, you know, I'm an alumni here. So this is like a perfect position for me. But, um, and, and I want to make this the, you know, I, I want to be the best strength coach that Western Illinois had. Yep. I want to be the best strength coach at the Missouri Valley Conference has. I want to be the best strength coach in the FCS. That, that's my goal. And But at the same time, you know, I would love to be, you know, at the FBS level. I'd love to be at the Power 5 level. Um, now, if that doesn't happen, that's okay. I will make this the best position I can. So I think that's important to know, you know, when you're an intern, when you're, you know, an undergraduate intern, you're a graduate intern, whatever it is, a GA, part-time assistant you have to make the best of it no matter what and sometimes that's hard yeah. it really because i've been there you know my, my position at bryant was a part-time position and you know i'm sitting there thinking like man how, how did i go from owning my own facility and you know being the the guy yeah now I'm, I'm a part-time guy which let me you know put out there like coach buckley buck he never made me feel like that way he always made me feel like i was like the head uh, head guru out there um but you know you have to you have to take those embrace them it's okay like it's gonna beat you down sometimes and it's okay to, to vent about that and because i you know this industry is just gonna beat people down but yeah it, there are there are lights at the end of the tunnel and, and you just have to keep on working for you know like you said keep on building that knowledge base keep on learning even if it's learning the wrong things and know what not to do exactly. i've been in positions as well so, you know, like I said, th this industry is rough and, and it will beat you down, but, you know, you just got to keep on pushing and make that position that you're in the best that you possibly can. Well, I love that, man. And, and especially, you know, with you being in your position, you know, you 
you're handling a lot of athletes and everything like that. Um, you're handling with young coaches too as well. Not only just with your guys' department, but I'm sure young coaches too with the sport coaches and stuff. Now you talked a little bit about the relationships that you build with those sport coaches. You know, how do you build upon those? Uh, because that takes a lot of experience, in my opinion, of of letting them say it's okay for you to do this with my athletes. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You know. If, if you watch the uh, the the Nate Harvey videos, um, the, <laughs> oh the, yeah, or coaches say, I absolutely love those videos, and, and they do happen. That stuff does happen, but you know, I I've found um, just talking to those coaches one on one, expressing you know that so they understand. Hey, I'm here for the same reasons you are. I want to make these athletes the best. A, athletes they can be, the best person they can be, student, you know, everything. Um, we're, we're all in the, the same – we all have the same goal with, with these young kids. And so as long as they know that, and they said – and if they realize my job as a strength coach, as a performance coach, whatever you want to call it, is to make these athletes the absolute best to make you the best coach, to make them – easy to work with so that when you when when i put somebody out there for you that's the best product that they can be you know um they're they're healthy they're gonna you know as much as we can make them injury free right. um you know they're explosive they're fast they're strong and they have all these tools now you all you got to do is put in the 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 tactical stuff um so as long as they know that and you express that to them they understand but I think, in my opinion, I think that the biggest way is to you have to create the relationship with the athletes. If you create the relationship with the athletes, those athletes are going to show the coach, hey, yeah. this this guy or, or girl, you know, uh, this coach, this strength coach, pushes us to be our best, and we will work extremely hard for him so that we can also work hard for you. When they see that, I think that, you know, one of the biggest compliments I've ever gotten from any coach is when they tell me, hey, these these kids, these athletes, they love you. They mm -hmm. love being in the weight room with you. That is one of the biggest compliments I've ever had as a strength coach. Man, that, that's huge. I think I've heard, um, you know, Matt Rhodes talk about this before, but he's like, when he talks to his sport coaches, when you win, I win. So we all want to win together, you know. So I always think of it from that standpoint too. Is and you said it, you nailed it on the head. You know, you want to help them be the best version of themselves every single day, because you know I just talked to somebody else about this. You know, ninety nine percent of the athletes are not going to be uh, pro athletes, so they're going right. to go on. They're going to have regular jobs. You know, how are you helping them later on in life? Because they're going to have families and such like that. And two, um, if they hate the weight room, like what are they going to do when they leave the school? You know what I mean? Look at this COVID yep. right now. It's really important to be healthy and have your immune system and everything. So, yeah. a lot of lessons. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You, you hit it on the head when you said, you know, the majority of the athletes that we're going to work, even, you know, Power 5 schools and everything, the majority of these kids are not going to be at the pro level or, or there for very long. Mm -hmm. So, our job, and some people hate hearing this and they disagree with it, but that and that's fine, but our job is to help them become better people in general it, it's i always told you know when i was when i was coaching wrestling i always in high school i always told those kids i said the the worst thing that i can imagine is you guys coming back to me in 10 years and telling me that 
wrestling for you and this, you know, whatever, um, was the best thing that ever happened to me or, or is the best time of my life and things like that. I, I don't want that. I want them to come back and, and say, I appreciated all of that, but I've gone on and done bigger and better things. And that's what, that that's what every coach's goal should be is help them get, you know, to that point, you know, we want to make them better athletes, but if we can help them go from a, a 2.0 student to a 3.0 student, if we can help them go yeah. from, you know, um, ending up on a bad course in life to, you know, going into the military or opening up their own business, anything like that, just go, helping them lead a better life path. Absolutely, man. I think that's, that's massive. And I think that's the, the coach athlete relationship. And I think that's the longevity that, that will help people in life too. But you know, I want to kind of dive in a little bit too. I got this written down. You know, how do you train your athletes? What are things that you have? Because I hate asking that question sometimes because everybody's different and everybody seems like you know they pretty much do the same stuff. But what have you found that has really helped you uh, implementing with your athletes? Um. So as far like I have went back and forth on everything. Um, I'm a big conjugate guy. Um. You know. Um. Yeah, you know, I was a power. I power lifted for five or six years, um, so I'm big west side conjugate. Like I want wanted to be strong, and that's going to lead to him being fast and explosive and, and healthy and, and things like that. Um, but you know, as I've developed as a strength coach, I've found like, okay, well, not everybody likes to go in and just bang weights and and you know pull heavy and and push heavy and then squat heavy and, and all these things. As much as I love doing that. But I also love, you know, the Olympic lifts, okay? Um, so how can I incorporate the Olympic lifts into a conjugate program? Um, you know, I, I big, you know, I'm a big tier system fan. I, I love the way Joe Ken set that up. I the his book, the the Strength Coach Playbook, yep. um, is probably the one book that I always have sitting right next to me that I will go back to once a month at least and reread something in there. Um, that book changed the way I plan annually. Um, and it has helped me big time with that. Um, so even though, you know, I typically do a, you know, lifting wise to do a Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday split with, with football players. Um, you know, I try to like figure out, okay, well, how can I incorporate these full body lifts into, um, you know, doing the, the four day a week because it's very hard. Um, I was lucky enough, like I said, I, I went up to University of Iowa and, and got to kind of shadow Chris Doyle a few times. So Chris Doyle showed me the way, and I saw so I straight stole this from him. Um, and it is made the train for, for me, from what I've seen, so much better. So it, it's, and it's just something simple, and maybe Chris didn't even figure it out himself. But it, it's just, you know, so we, we still do our max effort day. We still do our... Um, dynamic days, which are like speed days, and, and we still have our repetition effort, all that stuff. But I try to make Mondays is our max effort uh, squat day. But on those days, we also do upper body pulling. So pull-ups, um, rows, anything, a, a pulling motion. Um, and then on Tuesday, now we're going to max effort uh, bench or upper body. But on those days, we're not going to pull. We're going to do lower body pulls, so everything posterior chain. Um, and then Thursday is going to be our dynamic uh, dynamic effort lower day, but that's just going to be our dedicated speed day. 
Um, so we're going to focus on speed, field work, things like that. Um, and then, um, you know, work on some, some ab stuff. We're going to do, um, some neck work and things like that. And, and just a little bit more lower body accessory, if you want to call it that. Yeah. And then, then on Friday is going to be our dynamic effort, um, upper day. We're, you know, I, I love, absolutely love dynamic bench, um, against bands, you know, um, going from, you know, working from eight sets up to about 16 sets of three, especially for football players. Not that, that fast. Just boom, boom, boom. Yeah. You know, Louie Louis always talks about it. It's just like a football play. Yeah. You know, you do a play and you rest for 30 seconds. So I love doing that. So we're going to do that on Friday. And then I, I like to turn Friday into basically a gun show day. Um, so we always finish <laughs> it off with some buys and tries. Everybody loves to go into the weekend. Yeah. Uh, you know, with, with a good arm pump. Uh, so, that, that's kind of how we set. And then on Wednesdays, we typically do what we call a weak link, mobility, things like that. Things that um, I use Wednesday kind of to teach guys how to do mobility stuff that they can do on their own. So it's stuff that they can do every day, but I'm teaching them how to do it so that they can do it on their own. It's a it's a 30-minute 30, 30 day, really. It, it's a, it's a, I don't want to call it a rest day because um, it's not necessarily a rest day. And then we also incorporate um, – speed pretty much every day as far as far as like running speed yeah so um the end of the workout we always finish with um some sort of explosive movement that's going to you know excite the cns and um just work on speed so we take about a 10 minute period where we run maybe some tens maybe we'll run um uh, you know, maybe, uh, some flying, uh, flying sixties or something like that. Uh, but every day has small amounts of speed incorporated into it because that they, they need to be on that field. You know, I was just, um, drawing a blank, uh, the rugby strength coach. Yes. Uh, you just have, you know, I, I just listened to him talk about it. You know, where, the, where do these guys make their money? It's on the field. Yep. It's not in the weight room. It's on the field. So they got to get that, that field work in. And, and I fully, you know, I started buying in more and more into that type of a uh, mentality with, with strength training is we can do, you know, so much in the weight room, make them strong, make them you know, great Olympic lifters, make them great squatters, whatever it is, how much of that really transfers. But I teach them how to be fast and how to be actually, you know, agile and, and be able to react and things like that and cut and move and decelerate. On the field, I know that that transfers because that's what they actually do. Exactly. Um, so we always incorporate something on the field every day. Yeah, and if people could have saw, I would shake my head up and down a lot with what you were saying right there. Mm -hmm. What you're saying is exactly true. But the main thing that I hope people understood from that, if you really listen to it, is you have your base that you were talking about there. And what you found is you have your base of things that you know will work for you, but you're also slipping in those little things that you think could supplementally and help the program. And I think that's huge to look at is that you're never you're never changing a lot because too much is you're, – you're doing too much, right? You have what you know and you slip in maybe things yeah. that you might work. And guess what? Sometimes it might not work. Sometimes it will work, you know? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And um, I, th I think as Buddy Morris who always says, like, if you look at your programs from five, five years ago and you don't think, like, what the hell was I thinking, yeah. you're probably adapting. And, and I fully – fully abide by that and um you know i i looked at my actually i just found some uh, a couple weeks ago some old programs from when i had my, my facility 
And I'm like looking at those and I was like, oh my gosh, I was blowing these kids out. What was I doing? Yeah. And, uh, but at the same time, I'm like looking at it and I was like, okay, well, here's my, my heavy squat day. Here's my heavy upper body day. And, you know, I, I saw what I was working for. Um, but, you know, it's just, you know, that, that Bruce Lee uh, model, you know, you know, even get 1% from something, you know, take the good and, and leave out the bad. So, you know, I've read, you know, so many books and I love podcasts and big podcast guys. So listen to all these guys talk and, you know, whether it's, whether it's Mike Boyle or uh, Nate Harvey, who are literally like at the opposite ends of the spectrum there, I take from both of those guys, yeah. um, you know, and six, seven years ago, maybe a little bit longer than that when I was this younger ego driven strength coach. And, you know, I heard, uh, Mike Boyle talking about like, Oh, well, squats are stupid and everything, you know, should be single leg, single leg, single leg. And I'm like, this guy's an idiot and he doesn't know what he's talking about. But you know, a few years down the road, I'm like, Oh, maybe this guy doesn't know what he's talking about. <laughs> and you know, I was like, single leg stuff does it. It is good. Um, and you know, just taking from, you know, I, I could, you know, Kurt Hester, Joe DeFranco, Boyle, Chris Doyle, um, Nate Harvey, Jim Wendler, Matt Rhodes, like you talked about, yeah. all these guys, like I, I've just stolen from all of them. They don't even know me and I've just stolen all their stuff and they don't know it. But it's, you know, just little things here and there and just tweaking your own. But if you don't, like you said, you, you have that base and you have to have that base. Like you have to stand for something or you're going to fall for anything. Exactly. So, that, that conjugate base is always there in my programs. Even when I'm in a triphasic, or I'm sorry, excuse me, a, a, a tier system three-day program, you still see that that conjugate methods at work and, and uh, or the conjugate base. It's always there. Um, and I'm not saying it's the perfect way by any means. Um, you know, I've used other methods too and gotten good, good results. Um, it's just conjugate is what I'm most comfortable with and, and I feel the best with, with, um, programming it that way. So that's what I use. And, and um, you know, again, I've, I've humbled myself over the last few years to know, like it, there's, there's a thousand different ways to do strength and conditioning and they can all be successful. So like I said, that's just kind of how I do it. Um, and it, and it's worked for me. Exactly. So, you have to be comfortable with what you're doing. If you're not comfortable with it, then it's never going to work. <laughs> and the athletes are going to see that, and they're going to they're going to sniff through the crap that you're giving them. And like you said, that buy-in's not going to come, and then you're going to be looking for another job here pretty soon, more than likely. So, because you're like you said <clears throat> earlier, and I know Kier said in, uh, in episode two is like you're preparing them for the field. You know, I mean that's a big deal that I think a lot of people need to realize is that like what they do on the field is the most important thing. Yes. Yeah, oh, 100%. Like, there, there has to be transfer to the field. Otherwise, you, know, you can make them the best Olympic lifter. You can make them, you know, a top 10 power lifter. But that doesn't mean they're going to be the, the best on the field. Yeah. I mean, you look at, um, you know, guys, we've had uh, Colin Saunders, who's playing for the Chiefs right now, was a third-round pick a couple years ago. Um, you know, this guy was a freak of nature in the gym or in the weight room. And, you know, he was a 650 squatter. And he put 650 like it was nothing. Um, you know, this is a guy who could have been at a Power 5 school and he could have been at a NAI school with no strength coach. This guy was still going to be a great football player. And, you know, he's just a good kid, a good kid all around. 
And so when you start to look at it that way, it's like, okay, I can make this guy as strong as I want, which they need to be. But does it really transfer for his squat to go up, you know, as high as we can get it? Does it truly transfer onto the field? Or can I, you know, get him a little bit stronger, but then get him much better on the field and, and get his body in better positions on the field and things like that. That's where it really matters. It's got, like you said, it's got to transfer into their sport, whether that's basketball, football, wrestling, whatever it is. It has to transfer. Yeah, of course. When the juice has got to be worth the squeeze, you know, if it's not, if it's not worth it, then it doesn't need to be in there. Cause there's nothing worse than when you hear a player at practice, it's like, I'm sore. And it's, it's a, uh, it's Thursday or Friday and they got it, you know, game days on Saturday and they're feeling like crap. Yeah, bingo, bingo, absolutely. You, you failed him as a coach, but <clears throat> so I want to some question I kind of like to ask coaches. But you know, when you first started in the industry, what's the, what's the advice that you would give yourself now if you if you could talk to talk to him when he first got in the industry, John? Hey, man, you you want to learn this because you know a lot of people listening to this podcast are young coaches that are just kind of maybe getting right. into it or maybe kind of flirting with it. You know, what's some advice that you give them? Oh man. Um, well, I could sit him down for about five hours and just talk to him. <laughs> um, you know, that, like, like I talked at the beginning, um, I think the biggest thing is because this field is going through a huge transformation right now over the next five years, five, ten years. Um, guys like Bob Alejo, who are, who are stepping up, and Kurt Hester, um, you know, those guys are in, and um, other coaches as well. They're leading this charge for um, – changing the field from an admin perspective. So we're not going to see, I think in the next five years to 10 years, hopefully in the next five years, um, where we don't have the, the people hiring strength coaches aren't sport coaches. They're strength coaches yeah. in admin positions, you know, and Bob Leo, like I say, he's really leading this charge on this. Um, so one thing that I think, the young strength coaches need to realize is like I talked about at the beginning, this is a tough field. It's, it's saturated. Um, and you know, you hear so many people talk about negatively and I'm sure I have. And, but the big thing I think is just stick with it the best you can, you know, find, find ways to earn money elsewhere so that you can continue to volunteer if you have to, or work those part-time positions and things like that. But I think the biggest thing that I think every young coach needs to know is remember what you're going through right now. That way you can change this. You you can be outspoken about it in in a good way, not just bitching about it, but actually, hey, maybe this is something we can do. Maybe this is something we can do. Right. You know, because that one thing I, I, I think is unfortunate is so many guys that get to the higher levels. And, you know, they get that director position and, and things like that. And I, you know, I've been in this director position for a few months. I'm, I'm trying so hard not to lose my, my grasp on where I was two years ago or whatever. But remember that because so many guys get into these positions and immediately they're like, oh, I was treated like garbage when I was an intern, when I was a GA. I'm going to turn around and do that again. And yeah. that was something that I was very, uh, uh, very upset about and military i saw that a lot too um so remember how this feels remember how much you hated being you know beaten down and and overworked and underpaid and and 
all these things. Remember how that feels so that you can positively change that. Um, this field doesn't have to be that way. This, this field can be, you know, great. We can have, and, and in my opinion, we should have at every, you know, college out there, we should have three or four full times uh, covering these things with GAs under them and interns and so on and so forth. Make that possible. Um, you know, work. Don't just beat these guys down. And, and, you know, how many guys have I heard like, well, this guy was GA and at this school and then now he's selling insurance or now he's working in a factory and things like because they couldn't handle it. And, you know, it's unfortunate because those guys could be great coaches. And, and I know some people say they look at it and they say, well, nah, he obviously wasn't cut out for it. Well, you don't know that. You, you just don't know that. And so for the young coaches and, and I'm, I'm happy, very fortunate that I stuck with it and was able to do what Absolutely. I did to get to this point. Um, and by no means am I you know, settled or not, but, um, you know, that, that's a big thing. I think young coaches need to, to know is remember this stuff, continue to learn all that stuff's going to happen. You know, you have to have a passion to be in this field, but remember what it feels like to be at the level that you're at. And when you get to that next level, remember what it was like and, and pass that down. Um, you know, take, you know, GAs, take care of your interns. Yep. Um, assistant coaches take care of your GAs and your interns and, and full-time guys and, and and directors take care of all those guys make it make their lives better because by making their lives better you're going to make your life a lot easier and a lot better um, so that's actually something like that's a lot right there but you know that's kind of where I would go with that talking to younger kids absolutely man I think that's a lot of great advice um, I, I think back <clears throat> to my time when I took over at Mid-Am, you know, uh, the people before me, they, um, they would always buy breakfast for the guys in like the last couple days of, uh, spring training, you know, winter training. Cause you know, it gets cold and those are cold early mornings. And I remember I said, you know, I talked to my wife, I said, Hey, I got to get up a little earlier. I got to go to quick trip and get some stuff for the guys in the morning, you know? And just like yeah, you said, take, awesome. you know, taking care of those guys. I mean, that's important uh, to be able to help them, but if if, if people could want to reach out to you as we wind down here, how can they reach out to you on social media? You know, where can they find you at, Coach? Sure, absolutely. Um, I think on Twitter, I think it's uh, just Jonathan Menace, maybe um, something like. I'm not really sure. Um, Instagram, it's uh, Secret Squirrel Lifter. Um, it's a long story. I'm just I I thought <laughs> I thought I thought so many times I I put that in. Um, back when I owned my facility and uh it was a joke at the at the time it was kind of a I don't want to say a nickname but it was just something that sprung up I wanted to set myself out and I always think about like changing it but at this point in time it's just stuck yeah. to me so I'm not going to change it you know um but yeah so it's secret squirrel lifter um and then uh my email is just uh menace jd uh menacejd at gmail.com or jd-menace at wiu.edu, either one. And, and young coaches, anything, if, you know, I, I don't know if, you know, how many guys need or want to contact me, but, you know, I really encourage any young guy to reach out to me and, and uh, I will, you know, answer them any way I can and help them out any way I can. Because um, like I talked about, you know, I want to make this feel better. That That is a huge thing to me. Um, you know, I was so happy when I came back here. And I've got uh, three GAs on my staff. And it is just as important to me as training my athletes as it is developing them. 
Um, so any young coach that, that needs help, needs advice, whatever it is, please contact me. I, I will help any way I can. That's awesome, man. Reach out to him, guys. Uh, Twitter is JD Menace. I got you. There you go. I got there you. you. Go. And, guys, seriously, reach out to him. I mean, he's a wonderful guy. <clears throat> great episode. As you can hear, he's got a lot of great knowledge and you know a lot of experience. So make sure you reach out to him. I can't thank you enough for wanting to do the podcast. This has been wonderful. Got a bunch of notes here. Um, thank you so much for coming on today, Coach. Absolutely. I appreciate it. I appreciate you asking me. And, and I'm you know, so grateful for you and, and uh, what you do for this field. Very yeah, appreciate it. yeah, man. No, hey, it's my you know being out of the industry. It's my way of being able to give back to something that you know was really near and dear to me. So I appreciate those kind words and everybody, stay strong.